Howdy howdy, it's Gabe Garber, and I still don't know. Uh, welcome back, this is round two, I suppose, of whatever it is that this is. Um, thanks for joining me again, and thanks for everybody who tuned in the first time. Got a little bit of feedback, much appreciated. Um, had a question that I will uh, probably get to kind of circle back around on something I touched on last time. Um, yeah. So if, if you're listening and have questions, uh, reach out one way or another uh, on YouTube. You can leave comments. If uh, you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, etc., etc., uh, chances are you're listening because you already know me in some capacity. So yeah, if, if you're listening and want to reach out, do so. You likely already have contact information for me. So... Yeah, last week I know I talked about a little bit of a creativity and 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 finding some freedom in in accepting the the unknown as part of the process, specifically relating to the BK Walla Beats project, which again is is about to wrap up. I think I've got eight more days, so eight more beats left to get to. 366 beats over the last year because it was a leap year um and yeah i know i talked about maybe settling on some of those like having the daily process forcing me to settle is the best word i can think of um for maybe a, a, a level of quality that that i might not have accepted in in other times um if i if i gave myself an unlimited amount of time to work on something um, that tends to open up the can of worms of, of infinite levels of, of adjustability and, and the, the constraint, the time constraint here of, of doing a beat a day kind of forced my hand in, in some senses and being able to release it and move on and, and revisit them with, with some perspective that's forced from just releasing it letting go of it and moving on allowed me to discover that the line of quality or the bar that I was holding for myself in in the process of creating was maybe higher than the necessary or at least didn't directly doesn't directly correlate with with the output the quality of the output of the work so my buddy Dan in Louisville was asking me to maybe elaborate on the bar where is that how how do i define that or you know yeah great question um don't have an answer for you this this will be one of those that that fully lands in the i don't know category but i thought it was worth exploring for sure um and just thinking about how i define the bar how i set that how i yeah i guess just my relation to it in general and I think some of the some of the thoughts last week were kind of playing around with with flexing my my relationship to that bar. And I don't know that I necessarily have a bar, but I feel like that is certainly or at least an explicit one. But I would say it's certainly something that fluctuates over time 
probably has something to do with a combination of my own personal tastes. Again, at any given time, those can be different and, or at least like comprised of a whole bunch of different things. Um, I like to think of it just as like stacks of influences and the ones that are, that are at the top are the highest priority or the, the, the most representative within, within the work. Um, like those tastes factor in more actively, the ones that are at the top of the stack and everything all the way down has, has some amount of influence. Um, so obviously, yeah, we listen to music or take in other forms of media and art differently at different points in time. So yeah, it makes sense, especially giving myself the the full year of making the beats and posting them. I get to see the trajectory of those tastes or of that hierarchy of that prioritized kind of stack and how those like shuffled over the over the course of the year. And I would imagine I would imagine there's there's plenty on that list that remains the same. Um, I know my ability to take on new new music, especially um, listening to new music or really diving in, um, has has gone down over the years. I know my capacity, I guess, for exploring new things seems to seems to be smaller. But that's not to say. Hmm, I feel like I feel like when I do discover something new, whether that's a recommendation from a friend or or however it is, it, it tends to come at a point in time where I'm operating from a much more open perspective, if that makes sense. Which makes sense as it kind of manifests a a willingness to incorporate something new into the stack that I already have. Um, so, you know, something new comes on and and pulls me in i think this past month or so it's been uh lamelda has been the big one and waldo's gift so very different artists lamelda being indie kind of math pop rock i don't i don't know exactly how to describe it but um yeah weirdly enough after discovering them and reading into them a bit they are from a small town in texas that was maybe 15 minutes away from where I spent a decent chunk of my childhood. They're from Silsby. I grew up in Jasper, Texas. Um, that was a wild, wild discovery of, of a little bit of just small world. I had another friend ask if, if, if the proximity of, of where I grew up and where they grew up, if that, if that helped relate to the music in any way. Um, I don't know that I can say with, with any confidence how much that that factored in um i think there are plenty of other aspects of the music that compelled me to keep listening more than more than that but it, it's hard to say and uh i don't know kind of a little bit of fun to just consider but yeah their most recent album hannah that was released last year was just one that that grabbed me and i couldn't stop listening and singing along very infectious melodies with some some odd odd time which i love i'm a sucker for but well incorporated odd time so it's stuff that doesn't necessarily feel jarring and i i love i think there's something beautiful about being able to introduce complicated form into something in a way that doesn't draw attention to itself um so i, I don't know that the the intricate weaving of of 
those types of elements is, is something that is a lot of fun for me. Um, also been reading Go to Lesher Bach with a few friends, kind of taking it chapter by chapter, week by week, doing a little bit of a book club. And it's, it's quite dense. Douglas Hofstadter, who's a professor in Bloomington, Indiana, Indiana University, just weaving together the works of, of Bach, M.C. Escher, and Gödel. Basically, all of their works tend to have some element of, of recursion, is, is the term for it, but it's, they tend to, to utilize the perspective of, of self-reference, which just seems to open itself up into infinite possibilities, which can be easy to, uh, to slip too far down that rabbit hole. And I think even that kind of ties back into the Beat Project. I feel like normally in my creative habits, I tend to overvalue the the complicated and look for ways to combine those elements in a way that isn't jarring, isn't uh, I don't know that wouldn't that wouldn't pull someone out of the experience of of the thing. So in the case of the Beat, like ultimately it's a, a rhythm track that is meant to kind of serve as the backbone of something. And at the, at the baseline there, what I'm looking for is something that grooves, something that, you know, which any sort of repetitive pattern tends to, if you, if you give it enough space to do that. I don't know, that's one aspect of the bar that Dan was asking about that I keep in mind regularly within that process. And if I can get something that gets me to bob my head while I'm making it, Generally, I'll, I'll tend to, you know, use that as a starting point and add a few more things to it, maybe maybe one or two iterations. Um, but there are certain times that, you know, if I'm pressed for time a bit more than normal, then I will just let that be the thing itself, not offer any variations other than some filtering effects that let the groove play on with, with, with uh, tweaking some of the, like, the sonic quality of it. But yeah, so I said Lomelda, how they kind of meld the uh, the complicated with with the simplistic and catchy melodies. That that's one one big influence lately. And then I mentioned Waldo's Gift, which is like a modern jazz trio based in England. And I think I discovered them from a drum video on Instagram that a, a friend of mine sent me a while back of of their drummer. As it turns out. Uh, playing a groove that was just awesome and actually I, i'm pretty sure i used the the same software that i do for the bk walla beats to kind of transcribe what he was playing and so i actually just looked into him as a drummer kind of got sucked down his his rabbit hole his his work online uh james ovine i think is his name not sure if i'm pronouncing it right but cool stuff um uh, he's in a lot of different projects but waldo's gift is one of them and i think at the time i found out about them they had one full length and a few singles out um the full length was just it called improvisations and just really dug it guitar bass drums obviously the drummer really stood out to me and and pulled me in that was the kind of hook that that got me into them in the first place but for them it it, it actually with with everything being improv it it has that playful spirit and it's not, there's not too many things working at the same time, although the guitar player is using a lot of effects, a lot of looping, which again 
is something that that speaks to me uh but and it's he's just doing things in a way that that incorporates elements of the math rock kind of aesthetic in certain ways but but is is doing that within a jazz realm while the bass player tends to be creating a lot of the um chord progressions and harmonic structure yeah so recently they they released an ep called the hut and then there's been a few other singles that one's called bergson the other one's called java and they're just yeah, I don't know what it is. It just has been sucking me in. So there's, like I said, that that element of, of playfulness to it. And obviously being able to improvise requires that you've put a lot of work in and for it to come out as, as well as it does, as clean as it does, is just kind of a demonstration of that work having been put in. And so I, again, like that that kind of insight, I think translated for me with the beat project of i don't know if this necessarily clearly spells out like what what how i'd define the bar but certainly aspects of those two artists have have come through in recent beats just incorporating or it's probably stuff that's that's been incorporated throughout but maybe a little bit stronger recently of of the odd time signatures attempting to sneak them in in a way or, or make it so that it it doesn't feel as something's off here ultimately trying to maintain the groove even when you're you're starting out with with some less common patterns or numbers as opposed to just your you know easy four count but the yeah the the playfulness aspect i think i've found comes up the most when i'm most pressed for time or I'm just in a in a jam and and there's certain days where I just kind of open up the grid and just kind of like haphazardly either make shapes or randomly drop things in and move it around until it's just kind of I've got a basic structure. So there's some days where I go in methodically and try to essentially transcribe an, a a rhythm that I have in my head. Other days where I'm just not feeling that inspiration, it, it requires me to kind of force something out. And and that that space, when I know I have to just put something on the page, so to speak, when I'm really not connected to any ideas in particular going in, that's where the playfulness really, really comes in handy. And the experience that I described last week of, of having some that maybe in that moment or on that day didn't feel like maybe it was as good as I could do, but I released it anyway based on the time constraint. And then again, given any amount of perspective that I, that's gained from letting go of something and moving on from it and coming back to it with fresh ears, I think that experience of, of hearing these lesser than beats with a fresh set of ears really maybe speaks to the level of work that I tend to downplay when I'm in the midst of the of the creative process or maybe not even downplay but just forget. And it's just yeah, it's hard to hard to kind of take stock of the progress that I've made over, you know, almost man, over 20 years now of of playing music in one way or another. And you know, that that goes even further back once if you include informal singing along with with the radio and CDs and cassettes and all that. Um I started playing guitar, I got a guitar for my 13th birthday, and 34 now. So yeah, 21 years of of playing guitar 
obviously with some some hiatuses peppered in throughout but it's not like i was unintentionally approaching the instrument or music as as a language that whole time there definitely were stretches of that where i was maybe less focused or less interested and kind of just put it off put it off to the side um i think that's normal with any creative endeavor but the time I've put in is still the time I've put in, I guess, is, is ultimately kind of the, the punchline there or the takeaway. And it might not be accessible in the moment that I'm playing around and, and tinkering and, and just not feeling whatever spark or just feeling like I have to force something. That's the tendency where I'm, I'm judging as I'm creating much more. But yeah, that space with this project allowing me to just turn something in every day and and having you know the the b minus or the c beats listening back to them later and being like oh actually maybe not maybe not a b minus or a c uh those might actually be b plus some of them might even be a's but just kind of like learning through that process of of recognizing being forced to recognize the work that i have put in over over the years I don't know. I don't know if that answers any of those questions or any of that question as far as like what what the bar is or what defining the bar is. I think I think those are aspects of of my my process that I can speak to. And I think it's such an elusive term that it's it's hard to even do, but I think or hard to throw out in terms of the standard or what's good, what's quality. Um it's elusive because it's also ever-changing because what I'm taking in is ever-changing and what I'm outputting is also hopefully attempting to keep up. I think for myself, I know when I go through too long of a period of only input, only consuming without, without outputting something, I can feel a bit out of whack and that can throw off my gauges, I guess, so to speak. I feel like a little bit unmoored. And that that again was was part of part of the the push with the the beats project, just to do that every day, even if it's something small and it's something that at the time didn't feel like I put in a lot of work into the beat itself that day. I was able to go in a little bit more quickly or simply and simplify and rely on the work that I had put in in the you know decades leading up to now and I think I touched on this briefly last time of just saying it's it's you don't want to lean too heavily into that thinking that line of thinking the the kind of resting on your laurels um yeah you don't want to stagnate and that's that's difficult to navigate to find that balance of recognizing the quality of what you're currently working on while also understanding that there's always room for improvement and I think, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like that that's a big, that's a big thing for me. It's, uh, it kind of ties into something I wanted to maybe, maybe circle back around about last week and the intro and, and the name of the show in general. I don't know. Um, I, I don't want to give the vibe that, I, I don't know. I, I recognize that there's a sense that saying I don't know and embracing I don't know too much could lead someone to to use that as an excuse or a cop out and and that's definitely not in the spirit of of how i see it and how i've attempted to adopt i don't know into my life 
it's more of a representation that at any given point in time, there is always more to know. And so I think it's an attempt to connect with, with some degree of humility. And again, kind of the, the, the slippery slope of it is, is leaning too much into the, the, the humble framework can cause you to stagnate in terms of, of what you're comfortable releasing and letting go and putting out into the world. And I've, I've definitely seen that. Just questioning something to the point that I'm saying, well, I don't, I don't, it could be better, it could be better, it could be better. And letting that over overpower any other forces uh, within the creative process. Um, and I, I've gotten stuck. I've gotten stuck on individual projects. I've gotten stuck on kind of larger scale activities. Uh, I know I mentioned kind of putting the guitar away for, you know, chunks of time over the course of, you know, the 20, 21 years I've been playing. And a lot of that has been the result of, of maybe, yeah, I feel like a lot of that has, has come as a result of, of an imbalance of leaning too heavily into the I don't know to the extent that I'm just questioning my abilities in general. And yeah, there's, I mean, there's nothing, nothing wrong with, with putting it aside. I, I feel like I've in those, in those spaces, I've had other endeavors and, and explorations that have come as a result of that. So it's not to say that that hasn't been beneficial, but it's, it's helpful to take a step back and, and looking back in hindsight now, um, that distance allowed me to kind of learn and regroup and, and maybe reestablish that balance and find, find other things instead of consuming all the time, find, find other things that I feel comfortable releasing and outputting to, to kind of re rebalance that dynamic and, yeah, I think I think accepting the the unknown aspect there has has been a tremendous part of it because it's it's almost to the extent that you let the unknown make you feel worthless if you let it get to that point of of crippling self-doubt there's a degree of of narcissism attached to that if if it's then becoming the only like the root cause of of my inability to to make new things or or grow beyond it there's like a self-centeredness that i think is you know somewhat inherent but at a certain point the the unknown the ubiquity of that i think just shook me out of out of like a nihilistic way to approach it or at least yeah i'm not i'm not entirely sure what caused what but i do know i feel like letting myself be defined by the by how small I felt in, in, in comparison to the vast unknown was, yeah, leaning, leaning really far or, or, or only seeing one side of that coin. I think there were several life experiences and we'll get into those, I'm sure later down the road that, that allowed me to see the other side of that coin of saying, you know, I'm, I'm absolutely dwarfed my, my existence now in this moment is completely dwarfed by the vast expanse of, of what's out there and we don't know about. And yet that's that, that kind of where once I was feeling imprisoned by that, I learned to see that as ultimate freedom in a, in a certain sense. 
which again just i don't know pulls me into a weird recognition of of this counterintuitive seemingly contradictory feelings that that actually tie together in a lot of ways and actually might make that experience um more true in a certain sense but there is a certain sense that i've taken away that the easier something is to to define the less representative it is of of reality in whatever form that is in its entirety um and that's i guess that's just an uncomfortable um position to have but it's i think that that might uh reinforce a bit of what i talked about last week of of that recognition and that that acceptance of of the unknown because it just is it's it's a fact that well yeah i'll back that up i don't know what a fact but there is something that feels more rich and full and complete about a dynamic that involves both extremes in either direction so like the 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 feeling of of being a a fleck of dust within the large scope of everything and and you can take that and that can inform a meaningless existence or you can see that as the way things are and i guess decide you know with with all of that being the case maybe that allowed me to to kind of start shuffling things around because if if nothing matters then then why not do it and again it it puts that decision back within or that agency within a more central point that recognizes the the meaninglessness of everything and also recognizes the the wide open space still left to be explored yeah i don't know i feel like that's i'm a bit overwhelmed there but i'm not sure that that necessarily answered the question or really addressed what i wanted in terms of circling back around to talking about using that as a cop-out i i definitely i i think it's less about a cop-out for me it 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 helps to take it to that extreme if only to be able to take it to the other extreme as well and recognize that neither of those extremes is sustainable like it, it's never going to stay at one or the other but it's always going to be moving back and forth one way or the other or always like you'll you'll never be stuck in one of those places or the other you're always somewhere in between it's kind of like the the quantum state it's you know the using those extremes as as or or i guess recognizing those extremes and framing them within a complete picture both within the same thing or like like i said two sides of the same coin if if you treat each side as if it's its own coin then you lose sight of the the picture as a whole and and treating these these contradictory you know seemingly inverse experiences feelings intuitions framing them as opposite sides of the same coin for me kind of unlocked a lot of it because it that can be applied across the board and like i said i i think last week i talked about how there seems to be a resistance or a reluctance to hold that space for the contradictory 
mindset or the the framing of of these two things as separate as opposed to part of the same coin i feel like there's a trend of wanting to choose either or and not recognizing that it's both or that those those two things are are related and actually choosing either or effectively treats one side of the coin as the coin and to the extent that you want to pick one side of the coin and attach yourself to that side, you're, you're kind of cutting yourself off or like creating a blind spot for the possibility or, you know, you're, you're, you're creating a blind spot for that other side of the coin that has, it might be painful, it might be unwanted, but it's not unavoidable. I guess that other side of the coin will inevitably come and you'll have to deal with it. And to the extent that you voluntarily attempt to, to explore both sides of the coin regularly, I think when, when the tides turn and, and things are going badly, you will be able to contextualize that within a much more representative framework again of that being, you know, ups and downs both both being part of of an existing framework so whereas if you only allow yourself to um to interact with the positive side of the coin when when the negatives come and they will come surely um and the challenges i mean they're, they're, you know it's always around the corner when when those inevitably come you will be much less prepared to deal with them and to face them head on and yeah so I, I, the idea of of embracing the unknown and the doubt and recognizing that doubt is on your side was not definitely not an attempt to justify disengagement although that that can be one way it comes through but it was more to to encourage reframing things in a way that encapsulates everything both the good and the bad uh, both sides of the coin that are inherently connected even if it's counterintuitive and feels contradictory um yeah i can get into more experiences of that at a later date i, I think that i'm hitting coming up to the the time i set aside here so i guess i will wrap that up um one other like i guess seed to plant for a future episode is this is being recorded on Friday, January 22nd, so a few days after the inauguration. And just a, a phrase that has been on my mind since then, and, and one that I want to continue to explore. Um, and we'll do this next week. Had intention of, of, of playing around with it today. But yeah, it was just as this new administration comes, and there are all the ways that, that seem very obvious and apparently improvements upon the previous administration like i was saying there's plenty that seems like that is going to be the case and and i'm very optimistic that that will be the case nevertheless i'm, I'm still struck with this idea that you know the trump administration was not the cause of as much of this as as much as it was a symptom of of a longer term trend that we've been headed in in the wrong direction a direction that that among other things, seems to be 
highlighting or showcasing a confidence in in an opinion or a, a position on any given issue. Uh, that that level of confidence, I think I mentioned last week, was I'm noticing that rising, and it, there's something off-putting about that. And and or at least yeah, off-putting to me. Uh, that might be pu- imposing or injecting too much value, but it's something that nevertheless I can't help but notice. And there's. I think it's fair to, to have some amount of concern there uh, because, again, the more we deny the things that we don't know, the, the, the more we're kind of limiting ourselves to properly handling what's in front of us at any given point in time. So, yeah, that brings me back to the inauguration. And while, while optimistic and hopeful, there is still the sense that, you know, we're we're moving on in progression of of a deteriorating um structure of 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 society and i hope that this uh superficial improvement in in administrations also amounts to material improvements in in the hopes that everyone who's who's unrepresented underserved and has been for generations now to, to varying degrees but as that trend has moved in one way I, I'm, I'm optimistic that this will be more than just a symbolic improvement over the last four years and so the phrase that that stuck with me that I'll be playing around with is it better be better yeah so let's not settle for the symbolic victory and for the symbolic improvement of this administration over the other there's still a lot of work to be done. There's still a lot of people who are underserved and underrepresented, and that's important. We, we can't brush people under the rug or these problems under the rug and expect to continue moving in any way that is, is positive or beneficial for everyone. So I'm sure I will opine more on that and flesh that idea out more, play around with it in recordings to come. But for now, I guess I'll leave it at that. Thanks again. Um, Find me on, at this point, up, available anywhere you listen to podcasts, as well as here on YouTube for the video. And yeah, until next time, Gabe Garber, and I still don't know. Thanks. Thanks.